Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Lopes from Let Us Pray, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, welcome to another brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. Sunny here with Mark Lopes, not Lopez. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF, a big time of the year for you and the guys over at Let Us Pray with the release of your debut album, Virtues of the Vicious, which recently came out July 24th. That's already been a month. Just a month. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. On, M- on uh, M3 Audio, you know, congratulations on all that success it's been getting. Thank but before, you. But before we get to all that, I'm going to ask a very important question, a simple one, and I think it's an overlooked one. How are you? <laughs> how, <laughs> you know, how have things been for you and the band as of late, and how has everything been since our lives have pretty much changed from back in March? How's life in, up in uh, Boston, Massachusetts? Uh, t- I, I mean, people probably would kill me, but I got to be honest with you. I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> you know, it's um, I've used other, it's weird. Like the first two weeks when this stuff went down, yeah. I was um, I was actually I flew to L.A. the day before the country shut down. OK, yeah. yeah. Wow. March, March 13th. Right, go well, March fourteenth because the shut yeah, yeah. down on the fifteenth, right? Because that was the weekend. I remember that. I flew. I I'm in the airport and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna be shutting them." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What are you talking about?" You know. So I flew to L.A. Um, I was going to L.A. to be with my girlfriend at the time. Um, who she's still my girlfriend. I mean, at the time. Uh, <laughs> and I was supposed to go. She killed me, right? <laughs> Cut that part out. Just <laughs> Um, and cause I was going there because I was supposed to be going on tour with Ross in like two weeks after that. So I went there and then I ended up getting stuck there, which I wouldn't consider stuck. It was great. But, um, you know, other than like the first week and a half of this whole thing, which I watched probably every Netflix thing that was on like everybody else. Um, I basically was like, all right, well, this might be a little bit of a, of a haul here. Let's get some stuff done, you know? So, um, I just started doing, uh, you know, we had to decide on delaying the record a little bit, which gave me a little bit more time to work on promo material, which I'm the one that I've made all the videos for the band. Um, I did all the artwork, all the design. Um, So I was, uh, you know, I've always been busy, always staying busy. And then um, me and John were like, well, why don't we start writing again? (laughs) So that's what we've been doing is just writing um, and writing and writing. And then um, I also have my own business and I build sheds, like tiny houses, little things. So I've been doing that. And um, that's it, man. I've been just writing, you know, singing in my studio and, and, and working and just trying to stay alive and, you know, eating a lot of pizza and uh, working <laughs> out. Pizza's always good. Bad, you know, and uh <laughs> That's about it, you know, just just trying to um, – I'm really just trying to think forward, you know, think forward. And, you know, even though the record's still new, for us, we're trying to, you know, look ahead and plan uh, ahead and, you know, get ready for the next thing because I think we probably won't be able to tour until maybe that record comes out the way things are going, you know. Man, and you know, you know, staying busy is definitely a challenge during this time. We're already six months into this 
pandemic and whatever you want to call it, you know, being at home a lot as you as of late has anything changed for you like routine wise personally like is that affecting your musicianship i'm assuming you can you live in a place where you can just crank it up and sing as much as yeah, you want in your vocals that's that's not a problem I, I the thing that i'm the thing that it, for me is i i mean i'm I, like a lot of people i mean i miss playing live and you can't replicate that home no, you know, and the thing is, is like you could practice till the cows come home, so to say, but that will never replicate, you know, playing out live. I mean, I was very fortunate that we were um, the Ross band. We got together in New York and were able to do a live stream thing for Vakin, um, which was awesome. I mean, gosh, it, it, it was like the best therapy you could think of. And I think the thing that was really cool was like it's we got together and like we rehearsed like once and if it was like y'all just clicked <laughs> it's like oh okay cool man and here we go and we're next thing you know we're recording live for Vakin. you know what i mean so that was good and but the gear again it was like i remember rehearsing that week and i was like you know i'm kind of just kind of getting things loosened up or whatever but when I got there, it was like, if it was totally different, it, it you know, but I mean, obviously you got to keep your chops up and stuff, but that's, I don't know. It's weird for me. Like a lot of people, I don't know a lot of people that they'll just play every day. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can't, I'm not really doing that now only because I don't, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm just trying to get other stuff done. I've been doing a lot of writing, you know what I mean? A lot of writing. So, uh. Yeah, let me go into this for a second because with Let Us Pray, it's been five years, right? Since that band's formation, is that correct? Roughly, <laughs> yeah, the, roughly, the, right? The version of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but you've been involved in music for you know throughout your, the entirety of your career, longer yeah, I'm than a that. Late bloomer, finally, but I, I've, I've been doing it a long time. Yes. <laughs> Having said that, you've done some extensive touring, and you've you've been around bands like Soilwork, Metal Church, Doro, mm -hmm. Soulfly. The list goes on. Mm -hmm. Now that you mentioned all this live streaming and stuff, we'll get to more into that. What was the touring life for you? Because now I want to ask what your favorite part about that was. Because now you're taking like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation for the touring life? Because you're talking okay. culture, fans, even the food. There's so many things to take away from that. What was your favorite part about it? I, I like – well, I mean, you know – there's two different versions. There's tour in the U.S. for us, which was <clears throat> not so great, um, and then um, tour in Europe, which is great because you know we're in a bus, a nice <laughs> nightliner, and playing really cool venues and stuff. I mean, it didn't start like that, but now it is, you know. But um, it's uh, the thing. The thing that I miss the most about it is all. It's that show. It's the show. You know, you I call it, you know, 22 and a half hours of waiting around to play for an hour and a half. That's what it is. And um, that's the hardest part. We we get paid to travel and play for free, we say. And um, that's that's the hardest part, the, the traveling. But, you know, when you when you're tired and that first note hits, it all goes away and you play you play until your very last ounce of breath and then when you get off that stage you're like oh my god i want to die you know and then <laughs> you got to go and do it all over again and you know for as crazy and as insane as it sounds that's the best plus meeting the people and going to different places that's always the best and the and the fans are always great you know everybody's just great you know so it's 
and then to meet people that really appreciate what you do, um, I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. That's the that's the that's the good reward of it. And this has been a popular topic of discussion on the show for the last six months, and you've seen it. You even you just talked about it live streaming. A lot of bands have been taking their talent, whatever they're working on, behind the scenes, album promotions, everything in between, mm. online. You know, and we're doing our thing online right now. You know, so yeah. I want to ask you, being on the road as long as you have, and all the experience that you've taken in as a musician, as a person, mm -hmm. do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now mm. is that is that going to affect? the touring musician business going forward. Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? I hope not. I got to be honest with you. I'm going to be 1,000% honest because mm -hmm. I don't BS. I don't like it. And I don't like it because it defeats the purpose of why we play live. You know, I, you know, we live in an age where you can go on YouTube right now and you can watch 4 billion different people playing and they're all great and they're all awesome. You know, but where's that human interaction? You know, when I'm out there playing, you know, freaking blood of the blood of the kings and I'm talking about going into battle, I'm 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 with the audience. We're doing this thing. You want to give that to them. Right. We're doing this thing. We're going. You know what I mean? And I mean, that's not even my song, but I but it's mine then. And we're doing this thing. And, and you can't do that on the Internet. You know, and and I mean, we did the streaming thing. Don't get me wrong. And it was really fun. It was great. I mean, would I want to make a regular thing of it? Absolutely not. That's, you know, I mean, and, and anybody that is it's cool with that, that's great. You know, all the power to you. But me personally, I guess it's just from being old school. I that human act, yeah, that human interactions, everything. You there's know, no everything. see. There's no right or wrong answer to this, because I love asking this question. Because so mm -hmm. many I get so many different answers. Like yours is very popular. It's like, okay, I hope not. Right now, what we have, we're trying to make the best of the situation. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm. Sh I think this weekend in Dallas, they're doing the whole Metallica driving event. I'm sure you heard about this. Yeah, I heard about I, that. I, 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 I may check that out. I'll see how that works yeah. out. And of course, drive-in concerts. We had we had Jennifer from Beyond the Black on the show, and she talked about how I don't know if you saw this in Germany. Yeah, I thought it. I, I, I thought it. The door. Yeah, thing i was like what i thought it was a meme at first i was like wow this is impressive but then i saw like the pictures and all the cars that were like just separated on the field and you know how the the, the traditional photo of a band taking in front of the yeah, picture of the fans the cars now, yeah yeah they did that and there are cars in the background i was like oh my gosh i mean like, it, it's cool for like once <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know what i mean it'd be like it's cool for once but would you want to keep doing that? I would think not. I mean, but I will. I do want to say one thing though. Mm -hmm. One thing, one positive thing for me that's cool about the, the streaming thing is I will say this. For instance, like the Vakin thing, you know, over eleven million people watched it. I think the thing that was the, the thing that's really cool about that is that, for instance, a band like us, how many bands are going to go to India and play? How many bands are going to go to, you know, Siberia or whatever? These places that are really hard to get to for even Australia. I mean, we've been there fortunately twice, but a lot of bands can't get down there because it's expensive as hell. Like yeah. New Zealand, you know what I mean? So you kind of, at least it's kind of cool that the people that aren't fortunate enough to be able to get to the live experience can have that, so to say, too, you know? But I mean, I would rather have it be a live stream of a live show. <laughs> you know you what know, I mean? 
you didn't mention the whole playing at Europe, like the festivals and everything, all that experience. Yeah, that works. See, you, yes. let's say you go overseas, do what you're going to do, whatever, uh, download festival, for example. Yeah. And you would sell virtual tickets online to fans who maybe who don't have access to it. You're right. talking about third world countries who, who love metal. There are metal communities in so many places in the world right. where we're not even aware it's possible. I'm from Bangladesh. How many bands do you know, like in festivals, concerts, do you know that are sprouting in the metal community in Bangladesh? Right. But we have a community there. Just, right. just, uh, just an example. But saying they can find out more about Let Us Pray, for example. So many other bands well, that. And exactly true, true. You know, and and, and the other thing too is like you know, like I remember uh, the first Vakken we played. Uh, our set was uh, uh, live streamed. So a lot of the festivals now, especially in Europe, they live stream everything for that purpose. But, you know, it's a hell of a lot different when you're playing in front of 80,000 people. You Now you now we're having that human interaction, but you're also streaming it. So you can see that's so I'm not against it. But I me personally, I would rather be playing a show with people there and then you can stream all you want. <laughs> I'll say this. I do have the liberty to mosh in my own bedroom if I want to. That's right. great and all. But right. it's different if I see if I see Mark from Let Us Pray in front of me displaying the energy that he's going to display with this band as opposed to seeing him on the screen. It's different. And you can't take that experience away. I used to – I don't know what your schedule was like, but for metalheads, just for musicians, pe people who are involved in the industry – I was at a show every week, if not every day. Now yeah. I haven't been to a show in six uh, six months. I haven't seen a movie in theaters in six months. Wow, so it, this is like the new norm, I guess. And yeah. I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. That statement, because I'm, I refuse <laughs> to call anything the new norm. You know, I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. I, I got my own opinion about that. I, I don't think, you know, metal's always been about not conforming, and I am not conforming to this new norm ideology. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, yeah. all right, just you. Be smart. Just be smart. Metalheads aren't stupid. Just be smart. <laughs> Come on. I guess you stupid know, comes with the whole nature. That's the thing. Wash your hands after you wipe your ass. I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> I mean, we've seen the festival like the restrooms in the, in that area. It's it is the worst. <laughs> but there was a big joke is that we used to have this club growing up here called the Living Room. It's legendary, and everyone was like, "Dude, if you survive the eighties in the Living Room, you could survive this virus." <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Man, uh, I'm trying to make the best of the situation. So toilet than anything, you know. Oh, man, so we pretty much covered everything from bottom to top. Let's let's talk about Virtues of the Vicious. I promise okay. we'll talk about that next. <laughs> we talked about everything except your band. It's all right, man. It's all good. <laughs> I love that, though. It just shows just how much experience you've had throughout your career. Your debut album, Virtues of the Vicious, on M3 Audio came out a month ago. Yep. When I heard that record, I heard thrash. I heard death metal. I heard power metal. What, what else? Progressive metal with industrial and symphonic elements. I mean, the list goes on. I, you know, when I first heard that, like bands like Testament, Scar Symmetry, Judas Priest, Fear Factory, it's just a mix of so many things. I want to ask because it's it's so interesting. How much did things change for from when you first started writing on this album? To where you ended up finishing it did a lot change in between did nothing change was there already a specific sound you knew you wanted with the virtues of the vicious well that's a good question um when we first started it the infant stage of it was pretty we didn't have a direction there was no direction 
you know, I, um, the band came from the ashes of another band that me and John were in, um, under unfortunate circumstances, the guitar player we had from a, we were in another band, he had, he had gotten, um, lung and brain cancer. Oh man. And we, you know, we, we tried, we waited around to see, you know, to get his treatments and hoping that we could continue on with that. And sadly, he wasn't able to play anymore. So me and John had started um, writing because I had never written with him before. And he had a way more uh, aggressive riff thrash oriented vibe. I mean, he, you know, he's all into like go guts and, you know, all (laughs) the totally crazy technical death metal stuff. And I was like, I was like, my brain was like, oh, my God, I could. I want to take this because I remember bands like bands that I loved were like, you know, Forbidden and Nevermore and 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 and, yeah. and, 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 and um, Toxic and where like you could take death, technical death metal, but they also had singing. And I was like, well, I'm a, like, I really love love singing the Judas Priest's power metal craziness, but I really like the aggressive stuff of like, you know, the overkills and the testaments. And I'm like big into, you know, like a cradle of filth and fear factory. So it depended on the day on what I was going to do. I didn't like, I didn't, it depended on the day. Like he would, my influence is basically whatever we were, whatever risk that he was giving me. And I'd be like, and what we would do, what I would like to do is I'd be like, all right, well, this riff's kind of like a, um, sounds like something off like a creator record. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sing a Judas Priest vocal over it. What's the? What, well, what? What do you mean? I'm like, well, why not? It'll be cool. Let's try it. You know? Oh, well, well, all right. Well, this is really, really melodic part. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna scream over this part. Well, what? What do you mean? I'm like, trust me. Just trust me. It's gonna be all right. You know? And I give John a lot of credit because he thinks I'm absolutely insane, and um, but he's insane too. So it works out good. Case in point, you pretty much validated everything I just said because all these bands we just listed off right into one record. Like, holy shit. Yeah, and 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 you you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> but uh, you know, in in the in the thing is it's like it I don't the number one thing about this band was there was no rules. Whatever yeah. we were doing, however we felt, if something came out super melodic, then that's the way it was. I mean, if it sounded like goddamn ABBA. <laughs> then and it, and it worked then it works i don't know you know is there going to be a five power harmony part in here yeah let's why not let's try it out yeah it's how we are does it work well maybe not maybe will it i have no clue at the end of the day when we're listening to it and we're like yeah this works you know because a lot of times sometimes we'll do things that we don't even know we have to sit back for a bit and go yeah we're gonna let that sink in that's weird and then we're like, yeah, that works, that works. You know, it, it, it's so we don't have any preconceived notion of what we're doing. We just do it. That's probably the best way to do it, too. That way I you don't have it. to not, not per se having to stick to a schedule, per se, but you just kind of just go with the flow, whatever you're feeling at the moment. Mm-hmm. When did production finish? Did you guys like this is before COVID, I'm, I'm guessing, or was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem, the, the thing that happened was this. The red. <laughs> The record was done for a while. And what happened was, is um, we had we had six songs. We had a promotional EP that we had released lightly 
to, to start getting shows. And this was like five years ago, you know, and that's when oh, we were wow. doing the show. This is when we were doing the shows with like soil work and scar cemetery. And yeah, we yeah, yeah. And we started generating interest from some pretty big heavy hitters. But the problem is, is that we only had six songs. No one wanted to sign an EP. So we're like, all right, well, we're going to go and record. We got four. We have plenty of plenty of material. So we're like, all right, we're going to go for we're going to go record four more songs. Well, when we're getting ready, just when we were getting ready to do that, I got the Ross gig. And wow, I was gone. I didn't come home for like a year and a half. And while I was gone, we started. I had to do pre-production with everybody from everywhere in the world over the phone. <laughs> so that was that was a that was crazy. And then when I finally did get a break to come home, I started doing the vocals, but I could only do it when I was home. And that was from touring, so you could see where things could get a little. Last thing I wanted to right. do was do a record after being on the road for like six weeks or something, you know. So it it took its time, but it, it, in a, in a weird kind of way, I think that's where that's where it started to get all of its interesting personality because of that, you know. Um, could it have been done in a definite short amount of time? Absolutely, but I mean the scheduling didn't didn't you know it was it was it was just very strange scheduling. But the thing is, is that we used, you know, I used the 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 notability and and the experience of doing the raw stuff to our advantage because if we were to release this record prior, it probably wouldn't have gained some of the attention that it did just because of the interest of, you know, like my favorite's the European reaction because everybody thinks it's going to be, they think it's going to be like Man of War, Ross the Fox. And they're like, what the hell is this? You know, they don't know what the hell to make of it, which is puts the biggest smile on my face when I read a review. And they're like, I feel uneasy. And I, I don't even know how to react. I, I don't know what I just heard. I'm like, that's the best fucking review I ever heard. Thank you. That's kind of pretty much exactly what I was, uh, I mean, everything I mentioned, it took me a while to figure out what sound I was hearing. I want to talk about Pete Rucho. Is it Rucho? How do you say his last name? Yeah, Rucho, the man. Yeah, yeah let's talk about him and uh, Nick Belmore. They helped you guys yep. record this album. And yep. man, you're talking about their resume, Revocation, Havoc, yeah. Hatebreed, Toxic yep. Holocaust. Yep. What was it like working with them? Was there a sense of comfortability in the studio knowing their history? Did it make it well, easier for you? Like, okay, this is who I got. This is what I want to do. Let's do this. All right, you ready for the shocker? We <laughs> I don't know. We had some pretty shocking stuff already. So <laughs> We recorded the whole thing ourselves. Holy shit. Yeah. The drums were... Some of the drums were recorded by Pete, and then some of the drums were recorded by Nick, um, as far as engineered go. Um, yeah. The rest was all recorded by me and John. We did everything ourselves. Man, between yeah. writing and structuring the songs and the production process, yep. uh, this question, I, I have to ask this one, what challenges did you face this time around that you may have not faced with your Saint of Killers EP? And by uh, challenges, I mean like, I'm talking about like positive things like, okay, this pushed me to become a better vocalist. This pushed me to find this chord. This pushed me to become a better producer, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, you know, being as I did produce it, I, you just learn, you know, you learn, you know, what works and what doesn't work for you and the people that you're working with. 
um, which is kind of like the thing that I'm looking forward to doing the next one is the amount of stuff that I've learned even thus far, especially yeah. I had a lot to do with producing and working on the Ross records too. And um, um, I just, you know, you, you just learn about yourself. You know, I, like there was like how I, I started experimenting with like doing death metal vocals and stuff that I never tried before. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, and then like with uh, Ghost Echoes. Um, I, I, I'm a huge Fear Factory fan. So I'm like, you know what, man, I want to do some Fear Factory stuff. So, you know, I, I, I hand played most of all the keyboard parts instead of doing MIDI, which is crazy. Wow. I, I wanted it to almost have a, a robotic human. It was, <laughs> I am blasting this record after this interview. I, I yeah, swear. It's like, you know, I had no idea. Yeah. It's like, I got this, it's like, there's this keyboard part that. Everyone's like, oh, did you program them? I'm like, no, nah, I played it by by hand. They're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I played it by hand. Here. And I'm like, doo, 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 doo. I'm like what? I'm like, because I played drums for so long, I played it like a drum, you know? Yeah. And they were like, that's crazy. And they're trying, I'm like, don't MIDI nothing, dude. Just let's just do this, you know? And um, so yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a learning process. Everything that you do should always be a learning process. And um, and you know. You hope that the next time it's better. You know, we we remixed and we tweaked a lot of the stuff from the EP and then we added the four new ones. And you could see, I mean, you could see there was with the, the other ones, there was a couple, there was definitely a little bit more maturity in some aspects than the original six stuff, but they still all were cohesive and worked together, you know. And not- working with and working with Pete, because he he engineered and mixed he mixed the whole thing. And Pete's the man. I love Pete because he's like one of us and um, he's so easy to work with. I remember the perfect example of this. I remember there was one uh, where was uh, Virtues of the Vicious song. And I had, you know, being like this mad scientist, I had come up with this idea after we recorded all the tracks that I wanted to take like this part from here, this part from here, put those together, mix this part, take that out there. And, put, and I like literally wrote this list of instructions and I'm like, he's never gonna get this. He's, he's gonna hate me. He's gonna hate me. He's gonna be calm. I'm in Germany. I'm in the middle of Germany. He's gonna be calling me at like four in the morning. He's gonna be no word of a lie. Two days later, he goes, hey, check this out. Perfect. I was like, all right, you're good. I'm all set. You're the man. I'm, I'm, I'm never questioning anything that anybody would ever say again. I'm like, this is fantastic. So it's great to be able to work with somebody that really can connect with you on that, you know, when you're talking about stuff. And we nerd out on gear all the time. And so it's it's cool. <laughs> I'm going to throw out some more names that you work with. And they are very influential to me as well. Jonathan Donaeus, uh, Mike Mike Schlashak. Uh, how do you say it? Mike. Oh, is that how he, put me on the spot. Yeah, him. You know, uh, <laughs> Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, I just call him Metal Mike. I love you. You're just Metal Mike to me. I don't Metal know. Mike, you know, Jimmy yeah. Bell and the late Oli Herbert. Does yeah. it help an artist such as yourself working with other outside musicians like the names I mentioned help bring your trademark sound come to life? Because you're talking like bands for like, like Anthrax and, and Halford, Testament, Autograph, all that remains. You know, just so many prominent musicians that you've worked with. Yeah. I mean, it. I – I, I can't help but chuckle because, I mean, these guys, before this record, I mean, they've they just been my friends for years. And, um, you know, like, I, I I recorded all these solo myself, 
and I edit it. Wow. Yeah, and same thing with John's. And Mike's, too, for the most part. The only one I didn't record was Jimmy's. And, um, but it, it's, it's working with Ollie was cool because I met, um, we met at a, um, I had, I was in a, a metal cover band and we right. used to do stuff like, um, you know, King Diamond and Halloween and, you know, all the cool stuff. And, um, he showed up and like, we were playing King Diamond and he came out, he was totally jamming out. I'm like, dude, that's a guy from, that's a guy from all the remains. <laughs> Like that's he's really digging it. So we met that night by that chance, and um, we became friends. And we had always wanted to do some work, um, and you know schedules always. You know he was always Definitely. Writing, being the main writer for all the remains. And then finally, I remember I had this one song with a saint of killers, and I'm like, oh, this would be really cool. If, you know, I could hear Ollie playing on this. You know, so I sent him the song. He's like, oh, dude, yeah, I want to be part of this. This is great. So he's like, "Hey, come up to my come up to our rehearsal spot, and we'll do it there." Well, I walk in and had my gear in a backpack, and they were just finishing rehearsal. We did the thing, and you know, I edited it and I sent it to him, and he's like, "Yeah, this is great." And that was that was that, you know. And having all you know, like in um, you know, Donay, I you know, I would pick Donay's been. I've been I played with Donay in a band called Cobra Kai which is the 80s, 80s cover. Band. Whoa. Okay. I have to hear this. I had no idea. This is the first time yeah. I'm hearing this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done it in a while, but it's funny. I mean, dude, we play like poison and stuff. So no way, dude. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird for me because me singing poison and white snake is weird. <laughs> Man, that talk about a tease. I have to, we got to yeah. bring you and Jonathan on for that. <laughs> we yeah. to talk about more about that. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And, and believe it or not, John let us pray is in it now. Wow. Second guitar player and Matt from Shadow plays bass. So, yeah. And then, um, so, you know, so each person that was on the record, I could hear their style in those songs. And the funny thing is, is with the, the one that really throws people off is Jimmy Bell. And I laugh. I said, well, you know, you guys know Jimmy Bell from House of Lords and now Autograph. I said, but the thing is, is you do realize he is a shredding fiend. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can play like ridiculous. I mean. That's who Todd Donay. I mean, those guys have been friends for years, you know? So I had this tune, and all I could picture was, oh, 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 like just shred, 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 like a machine, because it's about machines. And Jimmy's like, I've never played on anything like this. Nothing, never this heavy, even with the reverend stuff or whatever. Never this heavy. And I'm like, you can do this, dude. You got it. You got it. So, like, he he sent me a couple of things, and I, and I, how, I this is so fucking weird. I'm like, nah, man. <laughs> I'm like, nah, that's just, eh, it's not really, no, but more like this. And he's like, I'm going to get it, Mark. Don't worry about it. I'm going to get it. And he sent me a couple more. And I'm like, eh. and then all of a sudden, it was perfect. Same thing with Metal Mike. I remember Metal Mike. I mean, tell him Metal Mike, right? He's like, I'm like, I don't know, Mike. I'm like, this solo really isn't metal enough. That's all I had to say. That's all I Whoa. had to say. And he's like, oh, all right, Mark. So I'll be back with you in a minute. So next thing you know, he sends me this insane, like, sugar type song. I'm like, now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had to put my producer hat on and put my friend hat outside. You know what I mean? Man, everything you're talking about, producer thing, we talked about, like, what new 
things that you discover about yourself during this pandemic. Listen to yourself. You're talking like a producer. You're everything you're talking about, like the direction you're giving these musicians. And these musicians are just no musicians. They're they've established I, themselves throughout their career. So weird. <laughs> and, well, th that's great, but that just shows how impressive the catalog is with the people you work with. Just think about it about your learning experience, taking that forward to maybe even work with even other bands. You know. Well, I had a lot to do with this last Ross record, and that was a trip because you know Ross is a legend. Oh yeah. You know what I mean. So here I am going. Ross, man, I don't, that, that lead is just, it's, I'm not feeling it, bro. I know you got it in you. Here I am telling, this guy's been doing it longer than I've been alive. And he's like, okay, Mark, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And like, it, it, it was, that was, that was pretty wild. You know what I mean? And like working on the songs and he's like, where he's in the studio and he's, we're up, you know, we're, we're Skyping and stuff. And I'm like, Nah, man, you know, bend that more. Just give it like a little bit more bend. And I'm like, I, I hang up and I'm like, I just told Ross the boss to bend that note more. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, just, just stuff like that. I mean, I am honored to be working with such great people. I mean, these are people that I idolized when I was a kid. So it's it's totally, it's it's wild for me. You know what I mean? Because the fact I, that you're able to even like push musicians like that to even... How, how do you say it? You, like pushing them to be a a better musician as may sound redundant. I think you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I you mean, it's it, 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 sometimes you know, it, it um, we you you kind of sometimes when someone's looking at it from the outside, it, it has a different. It has a different perspective. Definitely, you know I mean? it just has a different perspective. And but the funny thing is, is someone goes, well, you know, well. Who who <laughs> who guides you? I said, me. <laughs> Spoken like the true producer that you are. <laughs> just just make sure people know that at this point. Like, yeah, I'm just I'm a producer. Oh, I'm also a musician. <laughs> That's just me. What the business card should read. <laughs> you know, I think I think the only I remember the funniest thing on the raw on the Ross record. Ross is like there was like one there's one song that we were working on that we both me and him wrote, and he's like. Mark, can you do me a favor? Can you can you not sound so mad on this one? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the only production that I got on that one, and uh, that was that's funny. He goes, why do you always sound so mad? I go, because I am. <laughs> Man, so we also talked about how you know you're you're from Boston, you know, at least close to Boston. Yeah. I want to talk about the. You know, one thing is very important from my upbringing is the metal music scene, and especially in Boston, you've had bands like Unearth, Power Glove, Pixies, Killswitch. Did it make it easier for you to blend into that community, knowing all those bands just sprouted from that area? Well, let me tell you, you missed some of the most vital bands: Wargasm, Malaya Rage. You were in that. I was in that band. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I grew up. I'm a little older, so the era that I grew up with was the wargasms and, you know, the um, Sam Black Church and uh, Extreme. I mean, my very first show ever was opening for Extreme. Now, mind you, here I am, a kid, and I'm opening for Extreme, who was like an arena band, but was local. That's the standards that I grew up with 
you know what I mean? And so it was like here, you, you know, I was like 16 years old playing my first club show with my power metal band. <laughs> and here's Extreme doing a Get the Funk Out sold out and they're playing like there's 40,000 people and you know it's a club in there and I'm like oh my god this, this these guys are from here this is what this is the this is the bar that was set when we were young you know that's what made everybody such amazing players back then for whether they made it or not everybody was everybody was always striving to be the best because that's what the, the bar was you know so it was very different back then growing up and um, but then you know you had the era of the kill switch engages and the hate breeds and the shadows fall, and yeah. uh, you know that that was awesome too. Um, I think Power Man Five Thousands from up there yep, too. Power yeah, Thousand. Yep, all that. And I mean, so many, so many great bands from here. You know, and um, so there was you know there's always been that scene. Um, as far has, as has that scene? I don't mean to interrupt you, but but. Uh, you, you're in a, in a thought here. Has that scene changed at all oh, through your experience? There's no scene anymore. There's mm. not. There's not a scene. That's the thing I think that's that sucks. You know. Um, what would you call it? I, I it's just know. a void. It's yeah, dude. Like, there's nothing happening. Boston doesn't even have any place to hardly play anymore. The one place that was open that was called I think it was Great Scott. Um, it's not even, they just closed it. That didn't make it through the, the thing. Oh, geez. I mean, it was a little bit of, there was a little bit of a scene there, you know, but it wasn't, I mean, gosh, it's, it's tough to compare now. You know what I mean? It was like when we were growing up, the scene was so like massive and strong. And then it, it just, you know, it kind of got clicky and then it kind of, it just got, it just got to be like the same handful of people showing up to the same shows, you know? And, it, and I just, for me, I just saw it as, I don't know, it, it just didn't, it, it seemed to diminish. You know? I know, like, I, I know those. started to the same, yeah. you know, it, it just didn't have that, it didn't have that exciting flair anymore. I always wonder, because those bands I mentioned, yeah, it, it, it defines an era. The bands mm -hmm. I mentioned, Unearth, Killswitch, you're talking early 2000s, you know, give or take. Right, right. But now I'm starting to think as you're as you're trying as you're fleshing that out. Same thing in Dallas. Like it, what has happened since the early 2000s? Kind of just the same shit. I don't know if anything's like innovative. Like there are bands who are trying to do what they're doing. You guys are doing what you're doing, but I, I'm starting to see that now. Everything you're pointing out, it's nothing really happened after that, and we're almost two decades <laughs> yeah. since since the fruition of, you know, the new wave of American heavy metal, yeah. as so most it, people it, call it. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like every Friday I'll go to the – I go to Spotify and see what's new, mm -hmm. you know, um, only because – it's easy access to see what comes out. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not a big, you know, won't get into the whole Spotify controversy, but anyways, you know, going to see what, you know, what's coming out because it, you know, it's all in one spot. And I, it, I can't even remember the last time I've heard something where I was like, well, that's different, you know? And, and that's, mm -hmm. that's disappointing. Tons of great bands. Tons and tons of great bands, great players. But it was like, you remember the first time you heard, like, you know, Iron Maiden, and, or you heard Pantera. Or hey, you like, heard, Dark, 
first time, you know? Right. Oh, you heard that blew my mind still. With that? Carcass. When I heard Carcass the first time, right. that blew my mind. Yeah. When I first heard Slayer or when I first heard, um, you know, uh, gosh, Halloween or I mean, I'm, I know I'm, I'm dating myself here, but the same thing. For oh, Halloween's time, great. Shadows Fall or, or, uh, or God, you know, even, even, even Corn, which, which use as an example. Whether you like the '90s metal or not, the one thing when you first heard Corn, you were like, "Whoa, what is this? Yeah, I've never heard anything like this before." Slipknot, I never heard anything like this before. This is crazy. Marilyn I, Manson, I never heard anything like this before. When I first saw, well, when I first knew about Marilyn Manson, you know, it was through a magazine. <laughs> like, how many times do you hear of an artist for the first time through one of those outlets nowadays? Right. I miss turning on the TV. And serious channels. I don't know if you had that experience, like going on the serious channel, XM Radio, mm-hmm. and they, they would have they would have those on like the Dish Networks and right. Direct TVs, whatever it is. I miss flipping through those in the early two thousands mm-hmm. and just discovering new music that way. Right, the radio yeah. didn't have it. There wasn't Spotify at that time. Right, I don't think Facebook and YouTube even happened either. This no. was before two thousand four. Right. But right. I miss just little nuances like that, discovering right. bands that way. That's that experience. You only discover a band once. Right. And that is it's what's true. important. Like, I remember, like, you know, the first time uh, you, I love Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. The first time I heard Nine Inch Nails, I was like, because ah, I love machine shit. Same thing with Fear Factory, which to this day, I, I mean, I'm, that, a, yeah. I'm obsessed with that shit. And I'm, I'm, you know, Marilyn Manson, the first, I saw them open for Nine Inch Nails on the Lunchbox record before they were anybody. And this guy comes out on a box with this crazy hat all acting all weird. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? And I'm like, but I kind of like it. It's weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, it, and, um, and I, like, I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to sound crazy. But, like, the, my, the new thing that I really, really like that, that I haven't had this effect in a long time is, uh, is Poppy. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, 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 I was that. So that actually had a similar effect when I first heard that. Uh, what is it? I forgot the name of the new album, oh, but right? yeah, that when I think I, that, I think that's the song off the new album. Yeah, I, and I disagree. Yeah. Good God! When I saw when that, when I heard that, I was like, "What in the fuck is this?" I'm like, "It sounds like K-pop meets metal <laughs> meets this little girl robot singing." I'm like. This is fucked up, but I like it. It was like a car, the car wreck that you could not look away from. And now I'm like, I am full blown fan. <laughs> Man, it's so funny you mentioned it. So my my uh, my one of my siblings, my little sister, she loves K-pop, and I I sent it to her first of all people, and she was like, "Wait, is this the same Poppy?" I'm like, "Wait, you know Poppy? Yeah, this is the girl from like years ago who was who was on YouTube, and now she's." She's doing what she's doing, but right. <laughs> it's very interesting. You mentioned yeah, that because, also. Yeah, go ahead. That was the, because the thing was, is like when I started to go down the rabbit hole with that, like her videos and this, the whole thing that she had going on, I was like, you know what? I haven't seen this kind of shit in years where everything, you know, it's got this concept and there's this theme going on and it's, you know, it's just, it's art. And, and like, I'm like, wow, this is refreshing now. And I, that's the thing I loved about it. I mean, if you watch her videos, ah, oh, it just, I'm like. Have I'm you like, seen the videos where she's like putting on makeup? <laughs> but, but 
but how fucking weird is it? But it works. It's it's just cra- I don't know, man. It's the craziest thing ever. You know, if you and I tried to do that, it would be a disaster. But it works. For her. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta yeah. ask, what's your favorite Fear Factory record? <laughs> My fav- favorite is. Is that a fair question? I'm tired. I was going to ask if that's a fair question because there are so many great records. Yeah, but I'm tied right now. Uh, it's Obsolete and um, Genexus. Ooh, okay. That's a new one because Genexus is more of like the modern era. Dude, um, I love Genexus. Man, I think mine, you know, I was going to say Obsolete, but just going back, just how I discovered them, Demanufactured, that's just a classic one for me. I mean, you just, know what? That's you got to put that in there too. I see. It's not. I can't. I can't. See, I can't. I can't. And uh, I think you know. I think further down the in the next couple of weeks, I, I, I might. I think Burton's going to be on this show, and uh, it'll be great to get him on there. But um, I'm like, man, I'm really good friends with Mike, the, the drummer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I'm always nerding out on Fair Factory shit, and like, just like not faced. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I think fans are just as important. I have an embarrassing Fair Factory story because you have to tell it now. Oh yeah, dude. It was back when I used to drink, which I used to do a lot. I was at Nam, and I was behind Dino, and I was fucking shit faced, and I'm like, (laughs) Dino, fucking Fair Factory, Fair Factory, dude. I wouldn't let it go, and he was just just so annoyed. He he hated me, so. Just know that it was really out of love, dude. I wasn't mocking you. <laughs> dude, no, Dino, Dino's, Dino's one of the most downward. I, I met Dino. He's one of the most downward people you ever meet. Like, he's so yeah. chill. Yeah. And that that guy, like, I mean, one of the, I'm talking about guitar playing, like, just, it's just second nature to him. It just comes to him naturally, you know, when you see him play. And yeah. one of the best in the business. What was that cover, man, you said you, you play in? The Cobra Kai? Yeah, Cobra Kai. Man. <laughs> I'm just saying you should bring that. Just you guys got to do. Now you have the you have the time. I'm just saying, yeah. as yeah, a fan, we, we haven't got. A, when the hell was the last time we played? I we played. I think we played in like January or something. December. No, no, we did a Christmas show. That was the last time we played. Oh, so it wasn't even that long ago. No, no, no. We did a we did a couple of Christmas shows. So and it's you and it's me, it's Donay. Um, it's John from Let Us Pray. It's uh, Matt Bashan from Shadows Fall, and um, can you Mike imagine Bob, the old drummer from All That Remains? Oh my God! Can you imagine you guys in BPMD like doing a? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. That would you talking about bringing in the fan base, like of all different types, of all different genres. Like I said, metal is a place where we accept, you know, just every everybody, and that would be just. Again, I'm just one voice out of billions, but yeah. just saying that'd be a great idea. You know, between that. And Ross the Boss and Trigger Effect, Melia Rage, Malia Rage, I don't know how you say it. Hellspeak, you were even the, all those bands. Yeah. You know, have your aspirations as a person, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing in the industry? Do you see things differently now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> reality sets in. <laughs> um, and the reality is this business is, you know, taking a major dump. <laughs> And um, it's tough, you know, and it's weird, like, just like everybody else, when you're not in it, you have these illusions of grandeur. Yeah. And uh, I mean, back in the day, they were definitely more realistic, you know, but when you have bands now that are like mid-tier bands, barely surviving, you know, it's it's crazy. It's like 
you got to really do this because you love it now, you know, where a lot of yeah. people would be like, oh, well, I can, you know, I can make a living doing this. Ah, man, that's a... Yeah, you're looking at it from the outside. Yeah, that's 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 the definitely a tough thing now. And, um, you know, and then it, it's funny, you, you hear some of like these pop artists and these rap artists and stuff going, yeah, man, I'm making all the... Well, dude, you never play live. You don't have a band. <laughs> you're playing to a fucking computer. Um, and uh, you, you suck anyways, but, uh, <laughs> Elephant in the room, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I said it. So what, um, and you know, so it, it, there's a, you know, they're not worried about taking, you know, a 10 guys out on the road to Europe for four weeks and it costs a gazillion dollars for the bus. And it, you know, this flight costs that and this thing and this is. You know, and, and, and you know, like, oh, wow, well, there's umpteen thousand dollars for the budget for the tour. And then all of a sudden you come back and you got a dollar. <laughs> you know, and that's, that, you know, and that's the reality for a lot of bands, you know, and uh, up and coming bands. I'm like, dude, get it. Get another fucking trade <laughs> if you're going to play. You know, I mean, I have a master's degree in design and I also a shed business. And I mean, I had that no matter what, because. I had no idea that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I mean, I always knew I would want to play, but I didn't know I would get to, you know, to the level that I've been able to get at, which I'm yeah. beyond grateful for. Um, so, like, this is like a bonus, you know, doing everything that I get to do now is just, you know, it's great. I mean, I don't ever take it for granted, you know, and um, I'm I'm always a fan. And uh, I will, you know, I, again, I can't stress enough how grateful I am to, to be able to get to do what I do. Well, yeah. I'm grateful I haven't got a chance to even sit here because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing what I was doing. You know, it's artists like you, Fear Factory, you know, Soulfly, all these bands that we mentioned. I mean, I, I grew up on like listening to you guys to do what you do best. And yeah, it, again, it gives me reason to do what I do. But, you know, if you weren't a musician, I think, you know, this was coming. What would you be doing right now? Is it, is um, it be, what you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still do the shed stuff because yeah. Know, eat. Um, I mean, I love, I love creating, I'm always creating, you know, so whether I'm building, you know, a 12 by 12 mini house for somebody, which I design off the top of my head, or I'm make, doing videos or designing posters or designing album covers, I'm constantly in the creative mind. I don't know anything else. You know, I've always been my own boss for the last 25 years and I can't ever foresee that being any, anything else, you know? And, um, and, uh, you know, I'm again, someone asked like, Oh, well, you know, what if this all ends tomorrow? I'd be like, well, I had a good ride. I got nothing to complain about. Um, you know, do I keep wanting do I want to keep doing it? Absolutely. You know, if people, you know, the, like, for instance, this record's doing actually well and it's getting received well. And I can't, it's beyond my wildest expectations because, we knew that it was going to be a hard listen, you know, because it's not, it's, we're not offering something that you can just put on and, oh yeah, that sounds like this. And that sounds like that. So it's not, there's not, there's, there's not that familiarity to it where you can just kind of get into the groove, you know, like yeah. you put a power metal record on the next power metal record has that same kind of vibe to it or whatever. So you're kind of like, all right, yeah, it's cool. It's power metal. This is great. But with this, you know, we're throwing so many wrenches at you. You're like, ah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to do here. So, 
so you know so people being that they like it is 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 very flattering and it makes what we do all that much worth more while you know to keep to keep going you know we i do it because i love it would it be fair to say that virtues of the vicious is a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life looking oh, back yeah. well, I, well the nickname we have for it is add metal attention deficit <laughs> And I can. I, I think this is the most I've ever laughed during an interview. I gotta I, say, <laughs> I, I think that if you ever wanted to step inside the brain that is me, you're hearing it on that record. That's Man. It. it's me to a T. That everything on that record. It's like, oh wow, hey, what's going on? There's a squirrel over there. But did you see the tree? <laughs> that's thrash metal. No, that's power yeah. metal. No, that's. Yeah, those are keyboards. Okay. No, that's industrial. It, you remember, yeah, you remember the band Watchtower? Yeah. Well, there you go, man. Remember <laughs> that? Remember the first time you heard Watchtower and you were like, I, I, "Oh my god, what am I? What is this? I don't understand." You know. So there you go. <laughs> I think if you're getting anybody to say that, especially me, like I, I, I've, I've rented so many, so many different hundreds millions of different kinds of records if you're getting people to say that about your record i think you've done your job because and, that, and that's the funny thing is because a lot of people were like you know how do you, you know how how you feeling i mean i i try not to read reviews anyways um mm -hmm. but for this i wanted to because it's my record and i just you know obviously want to see what people think and you know like for instance the we were i was in a, the big issue of metal <laughs> tough funny 40th anniversary man of war issue i'm in it yeah go figure so that's great it it worked out good obviously because people will know exactly who it is but the review on the record wasn't terrible but in conclusion it was like i don't really get this and i was like that's the best review i've ever heard and everyone's like, well, what do you mean? They didn't give you a good, you know, you know, it was a couple of people. There was like one guy that just did not get it. He was like, this is like a train wreck. I don't understand it. And I was like, that's beautiful because it yeah. did exactly what I wanted it to do. You just don't get it. And that's cool. You know what I mean? And we're like, well, but he gave you like a three. And I'm like, that's okay. I don't care. I go, the beauty of it is that he's not that kind of listener. It's not his kind of record, which I, I totally understand. But at the same time, the conclusion was he didn't get it. And that's exactly, you know, we do what we do because that's what we want to do. I know uh, for me personally, when I listen to records, any record, I can't grasp it just the first time. Yeah, I'll have that initial, initial response saying, oh, I, this is totally different. Let me take that back. You know, and I remember, uh, you know, one of my favorite records of all time is uh, is uh, Machine Has the Blackening. And when that album first came out, I, I mean, I was like, what is this? And 10 years later, 10 years later, it finally hit me. This is an amazing record. Just an example. You know, right. it's the same thing to me happened with um, Pain of Salvation. Okay. okay. Their uh, last record, which I'm looking up the name for it because I'm fucking totally brain dead sometimes. In, in the passing light of day. Okay. When I first heard that, I was like, eh pretty cool now it's one of my all-time favorite records it's genius from the production to the writing to the performance but at first i didn't get it you know what i mean it was one of those things that i kind of had to keep going back to and then it's, i was like 
This is one of my favorite records. Like uh, the, another one was like the the last record from the Unguided. I didn't wasn't sure if I liked it. Now it's like one of my favorite records. I love that band so much. See, yeah. I love that because it's it's a way that you're you're growing with the band, so to speak, and right. just a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Mark, we covered. I wish we had. I had a beer because <laughs> we <laughs> we we should be just at a bar just talking this shit. Like you know, obviously. If you guys come to Dallas, I would love to bring you guys back on oh, for another great, for another one. Um, I mean, Dallas, I mean, we got a community. We love you guys. So I haven't uh, played Dallas ever yet. So one of our most popular venues here, the Gas Monkey, got shut down. I can't so, I heard about that. So that is actually, you know, I interviewed freaking Max Cavalera there, you know, for for example. And, uh, you know, that I have so many interviews there. That's probably where you guys have been playing, likely. And that got shut down. But it's just. A lot, like it's just the nature of where we are right now. A lot of yeah, venues are getting shut lot, down. A but... lot of band, a lot of bands, and a lot of venues aren't going to make it through this. You know, man. Uh, do you have do you have like any last shout outs, any plugs, anything you want to mention? Maybe anything new you're working on before we finish things off here. I I just want to say you know thanks you know to everybody that's you know bought the Ross records and come to see us live and you know and more so. Thank you for giving Let Us Pray a chance because, you know, we, we understand that it's, you know, there's so much out there to listen to and to even, you know, thank you if you picked up the record or followed us on Spotify or whatever the case may be. Every little bit counts and, you know, thank you a million because, you know, that's what keeps us going and, you know, we just, we're glad that you like what we do and we're just going to keep doing what we do and, you know, I don't believe don't compromise, man. Don't compromise. You know, never compromise. Do what you feel, always. And everyone who's listening, this is Mark Lopes, not Lopez. I'm going to keep reiterating that <laughs> from Let Us Pray. Virtues of the Vicious came out July 24th out of M3 Audio. Please support this band. Buy the record. Buy the record. You know, just buy the physical record because it, yeah. it means that much of a difference. It does. These bands. It allows them to do what they continue to do. If you like the music, support the music because, I mean, it's nothing without them. And one last thing, keep bothering Jose at Liquid Metal because they do play us, but keep bothering to play it more. <laughs> there you go. And Jose, he's a it's he's a name that's well known in our community. Yeah, you know, Jose, give him a yeah. shout. Like he's got to play the entire record. Just go the entire distance with his record. It's it's um it's to me it's a masterpiece. Uh, Mark, man, thank you so much. Please be safe out there in Boston. Yes. Um, and I'll see you on the road once this whole craziness ends awesome, soon great to meet you and thanks for having me on the show and uh, can't wait to to chat again brother Thanks for listening to Interview on the Fire podcast. If you guys like what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.